0: when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning... Murder. Some things aren't always as they seem. On October 7th, 1954, a career criminal was born, a man whom police thought was simply a well-worked thief, but ended up being a cold-blooded serial killer. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On October 7, 1954, a man named Gary Charles Evans was born in Troy, New York, to two parents with extremely heavy hands. His mother, a woman suffering from undiagnosed mental illnesses, attempted suicide on numerous occasions, once misfiring and hitting her husband in the shoulder with a bullet. And his father, according to his claims, raped Gary when he was just eight years old. In 1968, his parents finally divorced and his mother, who later remarried and divorced four more times, came out as a lesbian when Gary was 17 years old before dying in 1983 of exposure after she fell down unconscious in the snow outside of a bar. Gary clearly had a troubled childhood. At his mother's behest, Gary started stealing from a young age and reportedly abused and even killed some neighborhood pets, When he was a very young boy exhibiting the warning signs of what was to come with absolutely no intervention from the time he was a teenager Gary lived a fairly transient lifestyle stealing from local drug dealers to survive and spending several months in county jail for breaking into a house in 1970. Eventually, in the mid-70s, he found an apartment with two old neighborhood friends around the same time he started to step up his petty theft in favor of antiques and jewelry. In fact, Gary became very good at chatting up antique dealers, posing as a dealer himself and gaining access to their collection, which he would then case and break in later completely unnoticed with the help of his roommates, Michael Falco and Timothy Risdorf. In total, Gary was convicted of 15 antiques-related felonies during his lifetime. And starting on January 13, 1977, Gary spent a lot of his time in and out of jail cells. And on June 12, 1980, Gary became a household name when he escaped over the wall of the Rensselaer County Jail and fled to the Troy Public Library, where police apprehended him on the outside ledge in front of droves of onlookers. After his escape, Gary was sentenced on September 11, 1980, treated as a flight risk, and paroled on December 29, 1982. After which, he was arrested two more times and placed in jail until his early release on March 31, 1984. None of his time behind bars seemed to change a single thing about Gary Evans, and almost immediately after his release, he picked up right where he left off, stealing and scamming people out of their expensive jewelry with the help of partners, Michael and Timothy, at least for a time. On February 16, 1985, Gary and Michael burglarized a flea market in East Greenbush. And a week later, Michael became the first of Gary's accomplices to mysteriously go missing, convincing both local criminals and law enforcement that he had fled to California. In reality, when the truth finally came out 13 years later, it was revealed that Gary actually shot Michael to death, rolled up his body in a sleeping bag, and disposed of him in a swamp near his sister's home in Lake Worth, Florida, because he thought he had stolen merchandise from him and was going to report him to police. Upon returning to Troy on April 31st, 1985, Gary stole $12,000 from a local drug dealer, which led to a high-speed police pursuit and Gary back into prison, this time in Sing Sing for two to four years. While there, Gary became friends with David Berkowitz, son of Sam, and the pair started lifting weights together and exchanging letters during their time in solitary, letters that Gary would send to friends as keepsakes completely unaware that he had actually committed murder, Gary Evans was paroled yet again on March 1st, 1988. Out of prison again, Gary began working with another neighborhood thief named Damian Cuomo, and together, the men targeted a coin and jewelry store owned by 63-year-old Douglas Berry in Watertown, New York, on September 8th, 1989. When they entered the store, the elderly man woke up and confronted the thieves. Without hesitation, Gary shot him to death. On December 27th, 1989, just two months after Douglas Barry's murder, Damien Cuomo left his apartment with Gary Evans and was never seen alive again. According to a later confession, Gary claimed he shot his one-time accomplice shortly after they left the apartment because he believed the man was stealing from him. Convincing Damien's girlfriend and mother of his child that he had abandoned them and fled into the night. Less than a month later, they had started a sexual relationship, spending time with both her and her daughter for several years, with no clue that he had murdered Damien Cuomo. By October of 1991, Gary had found his newest target, and on the 17th, walked into the jewelry shop owned by Gregory Jobin and asked him about a piece of merchandise. Before he could really answer, Gary pulled out his gun and shot him to death. His murder rocked the small community of Herkimer County, which only saw a few murders each year. In 1993, Gary stole over 800 antiques from a group shop in Vermont and used a crane to try and steal a thousand-pound bench out of an Albany cemetery, but was arrested when his fence turned him in. If his past convictions were any indication... Gary knew it was only a matter of time before he was released again, but decided to speed up the process by helping authorities get info on Jeffrey Williams, a man implicated in the high-profile death of Carolyn Lanchek. With Jeffrey's guilt came Gary's release on February 12, 1994. Police were still totally unaware that, by this point, their career thief had actually killed at least four people. On March 20th, 1994, Gary stole a first American edition of the Havel of London printing of John Audubon's Birds of America out of a library and tried to sell the extremely valuable book through a prison inmate who then turned him in, sending him off to federal prison with a shortened sentence if he promised to return the book. He did and was released on June 6, 1996. It was around this time that Gary reunited with his old friend, Timothy Risdorf and went back to their old routine, stealing about $80,000 in merchandise from a shop in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, and selling it to an antique dealer in Albany. Gary jumped probation on October 3rd, 1997, and after making a call to his wife the following morning, Timothy Risdorf was never seen or heard from again. Unbeknownst to his family and to police, he had been shot in the back by his accomplice and dismembered with a chainsaw. But this time, Gary wasn't going to get so lucky. The timing of his jumped bail and Timothy's disappearance was far too coincidental for police, and on May 27, 1998, Gary Evans was arrested without incident in St. Johnsbury, Vermont, where he'd been living in a tent as a survivalist. While police were certain that he was responsible for the murders, there was very little connecting him to the crimes, which is why they were completely and utterly shocked when Gary calmly confessed to not just Timothy's murder, but the murder of Michael Falco and Damien Cuomo, as well as leading police to their scattered bodies. He later admitted to the murders of Douglas Barry and Gregory Jobin. It appeared that the man that they thought was a simple, cunning thief was actually a serial killer in disguise. Gary Evans was indicted on eight counts of murder on August 12, 1998, and because Timothy's murder involved him witnessing Michael's earlier murder, and because it occurred in New York after they reinstated the death penalty, Gary was eligible for execution for his crimes. The next day, He was arraigned for the death of Gregory Jobin in Little Falls. The day after his new arraignment, Gary was being transported from Rensselaer County to an Albany court when he surprised the officers and freed himself from his handcuffs with a key that he had shoved deep into his sinus cavity. As the van was driving over a bridge, Gary suddenly kicked out the window, jumped out, and started running. He was later cornered and leapt off the bridge into the shallows of the Hudson River 60 feet below. He was declared dead once they fished his body out of the river. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on October 8th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.